0: Hey, it's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. All right, we're back, and of course, we couldn't go through the week without one COVID broadcasted technical glitch. I didn't do this one. Earlier in the day, I did that one, but that's okay. That's, that's how it works sometimes here. Uh, gotta love it. Uh, joined out by Darren Selnick from Concerned Veterans for America. Uh, We continue to follow these issues when it comes to the VA and in this case, curious case of how they count when it comes to wait times uh, where you have the third anniversary of the Mission Act uh, and the passing of that bill. Darren, good morning. Welcome. And let's dive right into the facts.
1: Good morning, David. Thanks for having me on again.
0: So let's go into this wait time issue. There's a number of things on our, on our table today to talk about, but how they're canceling appointments, how they're calculating wait times, you know, it's the old how they count. What's going on here?
1: Well, it's been very interesting. We've gotten lots of reports um, from veterans about the latest wait time scam, and it Echos back to 2014 with, with Phoenix and veterans not getting their care then. Basically what the, with the new scam, which is like the old scam is, is uh, wait time is say 20 days. So the VA schedules you an appointment for day 19, day 18 they call you up and cancel your appointment and then schedule you another 18, 19 days out. Or for a specialist it could be 27 days. They do this over and over and then they reset the clock and then they say they have a low wait time. Um, that's totally illegal. Uh, they can only reset the clock if you cancel it. But once again, it's, it's the way. I've also heard that, you know, uh, they have not been tracking accurate wait times um, with the systems, and we know that because they will not report it. It's from day of request, so they've been monkeying with that as well. Um, as a matter of fact, there was an entire 10 bipartisan congressional uh, delegation in the state of Washington that, that highlights the problems. Veterans have experienced long wait times for appointments at the VA facilities as well as with community providers. Phone calls go unanswered, appointments are delayed, and community providers often wait up to two months to receive authorizations for necessary care. Um, that was just to the Secretary June 3rd. So it's, it's bad. We know about the 42-day wait to get an appointment in the community. Um, and so, hey, the bottom line is, why are they monkeying with the wait times? because they don't want veterans to go in the community. I've heard this from uh, VA d- uh, doctors themselves who've told me the new administration has told them, don't let them go in the community if you can avoid it.
0: I, I want people to understand the scope of this, Darren. Uh, some of the numbers that you, you've, you've come up with in your analysis that concern Veterans for America. 19.7 million number of appointments the va's canceled delayed or rescheduled and that's since the pandemic during the pandemic yeah i understand there were things were changed telehealth was brought in va telehealth expanded outreach expanded but you know when you start looking at this I, health is a daily thing for many of these veterans you, know, you can't wait. You can't be delayed. Things get worse. And then to add to that, you're not the first one. I've heard this from others who have said to me that they're trying to restrict your access to outside care if you live beyond the 30-minute uh, uh, window given in the Mission Act. So what does the secretary need to do now? Beyond no. just the way they're counting, what can they do now to reconcile this?
1: Well, it would be, it would be very simple and, uh, if, if the secretary would just go ahead and send a directive uh, telling them to actually follow the, the, uh, the Mission Act. So what happened was, um, you're right, 19.7 million canceled or delayed appointments. That's unconscionable. I'm, you know, I'm in the the DoD system. Never once uh, at Camp Pendleton when I need to go in the community did they did they stop me or or was it it was not available. So that's a failure of the system, not letting veterans go into the system. They put out memos. They sent a memo to Congress in 2020. Um, they've never rescinded the memos uh, saying that uh, about restricting because of COVID care. So it would be very simple. All the secretary needs to do is put out a memo to all of VHA saying you will follow the law, you will follow the regulation, um, and that means that you will start counting wait times based on uh, the date of request, and you will tell veterans about it, and you will get it processed in two days. I helped them develop all this. It's all there. It's just a lack of willingness to do that. The secretary needs to speak up. He always says he's for veterans. He needs to actually say something do something, write something, and, and when you don't speak up, the careers decide that you really don't care. And right now it looks like he just doesn't care. It's all walk, no talk. It's all talk, yeah, no walk. sorry.
0: Let's, you know, and I, I don't want to draw you into, but let's say that I have a, a fair amount of skepticism when it comes to Secretary McDonough because judged on past performance back in the, uh, Obama Biden administration when he was supposed to help fix issues with the VA he didn't.
1: Correct, correct. He was chief of staff for the Obama, so he and he had a report that said about how bad the culture was and that what these guys were doing the same thing in 2014. So he doesn't know anything about healthcare, but he does know about these guys and he does know what they're capable of, and yet he stays silent. He says platitudes when he testifies and he stays silent. That's the big problem. Leadership can't stay silent. If he really means he wants to support veterans and make sure that they have access, then he needs to do something. His actions speak. Um, There's a good quote from, from Teddy Roosevelt, you know, who says, knowing what's right doesn't mean much unless you do what's right. He needs to start doing what's right and not just talking about it.
0: Yeah. Actions are louder than words. Words are just that. What about the veteran? If, if you're someone who has an appointment in day 18 of day 20, they call and say, we're going to cancel you. What can the veteran do?
1: It's very simple if they understand it. They simply say, okay, well, that means you're going to bust the access standard. I'm eligible for community care. I would like a community care appointment.
0: Okay, so that's the first thing. You say there's an effort to push them not to do this, and I've heard this from others as well. Not at every VA, but at you know a number of VAs. So if that's the next response, uh, how does the veteran proceed?
1: Well, the veteran veterans should request the community care, and questions should document the conversation and ask for the authorization and referral. Um, You've got to get a paper trail because these guys can be, be tricky. Um, if they don't get it, uh, then they can do an appeal. That becomes a, a whole rabbit hole. Uh, I have found that when veterans understand what to ask for, they're much more likely to get it than veterans who don't, don't do that. So when I've coached veterans on it, so simply saying, hey, you know, per the regulation, you're busting the access standards. You have to give it to me. I want it. Put in the consult. And send that to me um, you know then you'll get your response if if you don't get the proper response um, then you need to do like the veterans are doing in the state of Washington tell your member get those members to put pressure it's the only thing that gets these guys going is when there's lots of pressure on them vocal pressure tell your media tell your congressman um, tell your veterans organization put the pressure on these guys to do what's right the number one thing is know your rights state your rights, and ask for what you have the right to.
0: So let's talk about the Mission Act now and where we are. We're talking a three-year anniversary this month, uh, two years of implementation. How would you assess it, again, given our current conversation? How would you assess the Mission Act then and now?
1: Well, the Mission Act improved things for a while. Structurally, it's all there, but unfortunately, what we have seen uh, since first when COVID started, the careers started using that as a cover to not do what they want, and, and then when the new administration came in, I would say we're in a very big downhill slide for all the key components um, on Mission Act. Uh, in the Caregivers Program, uh, caregivers and veterans who need caregivers are having a big difficulty actually getting the caregiver support. On the community care, like we just talked about, there's been a, uh, an effort, not just with access standards but best medical interest. Um, and when you have chief of staffs and frontline frontline doctors saying, hey, under the previous administration, no problem with community care. This administration has told us not to. That's very, very serious. Uh, I know on the Hill they keep asking for proper wait times and what are you doing about this. They can never get an answer. They can never get a plan. Um, so, yeah, the, the Mission Act provided all the framework structure, the law, the regulation for veterans to get timely, quality care. Unfortunately, the current administration and the current careers care more about asking for money and building up their empires of staff than actually providing the veterans what they need. So um, I would say Mission Act was an A at first. It started sliding down to a B and C. It's down to a D. I hope it doesn't go to an F
0: darren selnick on the line with me veteran and senior advisor concerned veterans for america let's talk about the va for a moment uh with the mission act uh there was a commission created a a process to assess the facilities there were a lot of facilities that needed updating uh there are many that were updated you know so it's 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 a mixed bag uh Facilities are important. Obviously, the quality of the equipment, the quality of training for the personnel is better. You know, when that's better, that's better for the veteran. From a facilities point of view, uh, how would you summarize where the VA is today?
1: Well, the VA is in in really bad shape. Uh, Its average facility is 50, 60 years old, doesn't have the capability to put the technology but they're, they're also just obsolete facilities. Um, healthcare has changed in 50, 60 years, and you don't need all the beds. That's why we put together the Air Commission um, so that we could get the smart people in industry and in government to go ahead and figure out what is the best way for a modern healthcare system. Um, and, and, and frankly, uh, you're not going to close down whole facilities, but what you're going to do is you're going to re engineer them um, so that they're basically you know, large outpatient facilities. That's the way it's done. Uh, VA doesn't need to, to maintain its own hospitals. It needs, you know, one-stop shopping f- facilities, and it needs modern facilities. It's the doctors that provide the healthcare, care, not old, empty buildings. Um, and you can do partnerships with community hospitals and academic affiliations for that thing. So that structure is all there. The problem is the, uh, the Biden administration had a deadline of May 31st to – select the commissioners and send them to the Senate for not, uh, confirmation, they missed the deadline. Uh, and they still, as of yesterday I checked, they still haven't nominated anything for the commission, and that commission takes time. I've been on a commission. It takes time to get stood up and has to be actively going in, in January. So we don't know if it's aptitude, They don't care what their problem is. But uh, they need to get their act together and get this air commission going so that we can Uh, No one has a problem, you know, giving billions of dollars to fix up the facilities. We need a plan, and there is no plan of what needs to be done, where it should be done, and that's what the Air Commission is going to do, and we desperately need it.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, in order to have a plan, you need the people in place. I mean, I remember the Bush years and the Commission for the Future of America's Vets. I was on that. And yeah, we showed up. We did the work. We wrote the recommendations. We, we went through the studies, and you know sometimes you don't get a lot of movement. Sometimes you get a key piece it moves, and other things. You know the domino effect falls in place. Uh, and, and I'm going to put this back to, uh, back to Secretary McDonough. You know you're the man at the top. I don't expect the White House. To, to watch everything, yet yeah, it's, it's a responsibility, but it would seem that the VA secretary would be the one saying, I need these things in place.
1: Yeah, uh, having worked at, in the White House and at the highest levels in the VA, the White House depends on the VA secretary and staff to say, hey, this is the deadline, here's the recommendation." Um, and so it's just you know, and and look, the Congress has been telling them for months, you have got to get this done. They suggested names to them, but they just it's just the so, somewhat of an incompetence. Yeah, the secretary needs to get his act together and needs to kick some butt. If, if people underneath him are not doing what he needs to do, um, time's a wasting, and uh, veterans are hurting because of it.
0: All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on this and on so many other issues, Darren, but. This is what we're here to do, and I'll tell you that I have a few conversations with some deputies coming up in the next day or two, and I'll leave it at that off air, but uh, touch base with me again. I'll bring this up in a call that I have at 3 p.m. today.
1: That's you know fantastic, and and look, there are solutions to this. One of the solutions is veterans need the choice to go outside the VA system. There's some great legislation by uh Representative Stubbe and and Biggs, that would give them full choice, just like I have in DOD and and every one of your listeners probably have. So there are solutions. We need to focus on the solutions and and push them and get some good leadership in the Hill to to advance this. And I really appreciate uh, you highlighting this on your show.
0: Well, we'll do more than highlight it. I'll talk to them about it. Darren, we'll keep working together, all of us out there who have this access. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Darren Selnick, veteran and senior advisor of Concerned Veterans for America at cv4a.org. Uh, you'll see the studies, the facts, the numbers uh, that we just discussed. 866-95-PATRIOT, 957-2874. I'll be right back. Join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon East on SiriusXM Patriot 125.